So, hey, welcome to episode 23 of Creative Writing. This is going to be like a special episode. This is a guest host, Brent Farley. Uh, I live over here in, in Utah, and I was going to do an episode from the car today. I hope it's picking up everything all right. I told the producer guy to step in for him a little bit. He wasn't feeling well this week. And I'm going to go down here. It's time for me to get inspected, so I was going to head on down here to the uh, local automotive store and... You can get get your uh, inspection sticker down here, so I'm just, just sitting here. I just pulled into the parking lot. What the hell's going on over here? There's two yokels just sitting in a truck over here. I swear I just seen them swap mud flaps or something. What the hell's going on? Alright, welcome to the real episode 23 of Creative Writing. If you listen to uh, Stock vs. Squares, you know the score, baby. Alright, so this episode, uh, I just want to talk about snow leopards. Little girls on motorcycles. Some news. Why do I always wait for him to say that? And then I just, you know awkward pause there while I'm waiting for that piece to come in. I'm going to change that, by the way. So anyway, yeah, some news. And then I uh, took a little trip out to Willow Springs this weekend. Probably should talk about that, right? Since it was like the coolest thing I did all week. Um, all right, so first thing I wanted to talk about is I posted something up that I'd seen on Moto Lady about um, a little girl on a motorcycle. And uh, it got quite a bit of visiting... Uh, quite a bit of views, I guess. Um, at least that's what the Facebook statistic was telling me. And I was going to say, uh, regardless of what I said on there, which was kind of dumb and written late at night, uh, if you read the, what the mom wrote as a response to whatever you know the criticisms were, that's where the real glory comes in because what I, everything that mom said was true. And I started thinking about, you know, some of the things because I had after I saw that I started seeing more stuff pop up on news and more you know like everything motorcycle related once it hits like the web of course like every news organization starts to weigh in on it or mention it or whatnot so a few more things started to pop up and a lot more comments came in from all these other news sources and it just made me think some of the things that the people were saying were you know it doesn't surprise me that people freak out and a there is, I cannot for the love of me find it, but I was looking for the correct medical response or a scientific uh, nomenclature for that response that happens. It's not what I put down, which is like mere exposure effect or something like that. It's something close to that. But there is a response when you see something, which is like when you see like a space alien or when you see something for the very first time, um, you have this react, your body has like an involuntary reaction to it because you've never seen it before. And you just kind of freak for a second until you realize what's going on and you don't necessarily like it right away. Even if it's something un- like you- when you see a dog go by in a sidecar, you stare at it, even though it's a dog and a sidecar, when you see them together, you like totally freak out and seeing a dog on a motorcycle, you do the same thing. Right. So even I freaked out. I was like, is that like a baby? Oh, that's a kid. You know, like I had a double, double, uh, take it real fast, but you know what? The thing is, is that, um, I totally get what those 
what the parents had to say, or specifically the mom. I mean, that was wonderfully worded. Uh, and <laughs> my comments also were about little kids that I've seen flying around racetracks way faster than I can go um, at the motocross track and at the dirt track. And hell, even this weekend when I was uh, at Willow Springs, there was little kids cruising around the cart track getting knees down and stuff. I got some photos and stuff of them doing some pretty cool Rossi-ass shit. But, uh, you know, these little kids that can... Uh, some of these kids were a little older, like 10, 12, but a few, couple of them out there could not have been older than six. And I believe the little girl in this photo was seven. And the mom stated that in Texas, the law is that the kid has to be at least five. And I know in most places, it's yet to be able to reach the pegs. I mean, this kid was like, you know, following all the rules. Would you be uh, willing to basically... Um, what was I was trying to think of this? Okay, would you be freaked out if uh, somebody was cruising down the road in the truck it with their with earbuds in listening to music? Because uh, if you wouldn't be opposed to that, that person's actually breaking the law where this guy and this little kid weren't, but everyone like just attacks them, partially because I think people see stuff like that and they don't understand being non-riders they don't understand like the amount of you know safety and self-awareness that we have when we're on a bike especially with some precious cargo on the back and what we really had to be scared about is people ironically is the people in the cars that are you know making all the fucking nasty comments and shit so i don't know get out on a bike and you might just see how dangerous people in cars are technically i mean you're the problem right so i don't know I, I was just thinking it didn't really surprise me all the negative comments because uh, just a f like a year ago or something like that I heard where somebody was getting charged for child endangerment for letting their 10-year-old or 11-year-old kid walk to the park. I mean this is like the society that we're moving toward is like where you need to have your kid wrapped in bubble wrap and have a personal servant on them at all times because kids can't do anything for themselves anymore. And I kind of feel like that's why kids are getting uh, stupider and stupider. I'm going to call it the millennial effect where they can just go out and they're entitled and they can do any anything they want to, you know, all these stupid pranks and stuff that are going crazy now is because kids don't have to grow up until they're like 20 something and uh that's because you don't give them a chance to go out and see who they are and grow up so i don't know it's just really weird it, it really didn't surprise me that people like are calling for this to be outlawed because it's the same people that are calling for kids not to uh drive till they're 21 and they can't walk to the park till they're 18 or something you know what i mean it's just it's so stupid and I'm from the South, and when I was a kid, uh, I came out to California when I was fairly young, and I went back, and my dad was embarrassed because this little eight-year-old kid was driving his dad's stick shift around the hay fields, and I couldn't because from California, you're not allowed to do anything, you know what I mean? Like, here you got this eight-year-old kid driving a stick shift around the hay fields, helping his family haul hay in the summertime, and I can't because I was from California where driving with your kid equals Britney Spears. When you start saying stuff like, what's too early to ride a motorcycle, there's a specific law in place. So then what's too early to ride a horse? Because 
although I did live in California, I lived in horse country, I rode horses, and that's something you don't even have control of, and that weighs like two motorcycles or one gigantic Harley bagger, you know. Uh, I Horses are at least, you know, 1,500 pounds. Um, at least the ones we had were pretty big, and um, the, you know, motorcycles are considerably less than that. And so in a horse, you don't have complete control over You can't go quite as fast, but hell, those guys are in Texas. You can't lane split and look like they were on the freeway, not speeding and popping wheelies. So I'm assuming that they were doing a reasonable speed as well. So I don't know. I just think people like see things and they react. They don't, they wouldn't think twice about a little kid on a horse and they think, oh, that's so great. And I know more kids that have got bucked off of horses than I know that have got hurt by motorcycles. And that's bringing up another point I wanted to make is that I've read so many stories of kids that have been um, killed. Of course, I'm only getting the L.A. County news, but so many kids have been killed this year in L.A. County by various things, including you know, people, trucks, or run over on their bicycles, um, suffocated, got left in a car. None of them have ever died. I've never seen a kid fatality on a motorcycle yet, uh, crossing my fingers now that I've said that. But yeah, like it's totally ridiculous. People see a picture, they totally flip out and react and then, you know, start calling for like heads to roll. And meanwhile, your kids are like out in your backyard and you don't have a gate around your pool. And you know how many more kids die of drowning in pools than gunshot wounds and people always ask oh does your parents have guns at their house that's something i read in freakonomics um a few years ago is that the most frequently asked question that people have is do you have a gun at your house when they want when they're first deciding to let your kid come over and they never ask do you have a pool at your house and like the ratio is like one to 11 or something crazy i I, i'm not don't quote me on that because it's been a long time since i read it but it's literally such a small um ratio that you know and people don't even think to ask about do you have a pool so yeah i don't know it's a uh, just something i wanted to bring up just before it like got crazy um on my page and people started like having weird opinions or anything like that i'm glad there was a lot of positive responses of course i wouldn't think there would be like many negative being like a motorcycle podcast page but at the same time like uh you know, it's a, it's a family's decision. It's a personal decision. And, you know, that's that family made it together and that little kid wants to do it. And that's what matters. And they're following the law. Like that's literally what matters. So I wanted to address that real fast just because I thought that was pretty incredible. Um, and it made me think of all these other things that I used to do as a kid that you'd probably be arrested, like letting your kid ride his bicycle across town to meet his friend. You'd probably be thrown in jail for that now. Uh, another thing that happened was uh, I drove up to Willow Springs to uh, watch my friends race at the Arma Corsa Motoclasca. That's an annual race that happens every April usually. I'm pretty sure it's always been in April. Um, at, for I don't know why I'm thinking this, but the, I know the garage company has something to do with it. I'm not sure if they hosted it or if they started it, but I think it started back in 1995. So this would have been the 21st year of it. And I'm pretty sure that uh, the garage company is basically a company here in LA that has a ton of vintage stuff. And the owner is like a 
wrencher and a builder and a racer and all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure that they're the ones that got it off the ground to celebrate like vintage racing and Arma maybe incorporated it. It's part of their uh, Pacific Crown series, which is like a three race series. Um, Willow Springs, Sonoma, and maybe Button Willow or maybe something in Arizona that I can't think of right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, or actually probably uh, Motorsports Park over that used to be Miller. I forget what it's called now. But yeah, uh, that it's, uh, it's super cool. Okay, first off, because it's not just vintage stuff. I mean, they have modern classes. Uh, ARMA stands for the American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association. Um, but, you know, they if it's kind of like the the ivy league flat track if you got something there'll be a class for it so of course they had modern stuff there it was super cool let me start off if you get a chance go over to uh the facebook page i threw a little video up on there kind of saying hey i'm gonna show you a little preview of willow springs and so i i I took a few minutes to make uh clip some of the video out and throw some of the sights and sounds in there i have to tell you that Driving up there, I talked to a Danish guy that rode up last year and said it was the worst thing he's ever done. And there's, there, for me, fortunately, I live kind of in the foothills of L.A., so there's a kind of a little sneaky way through the actual mountains that's like a really twisty, windy road that would have been fun as hell to ride my bike up. But I had a cooler and a tent and recording shit and you know I didn't want to I didn't know how I was going to load all that on my bike I don't have a, a GSA now I'm I'm going to quit making fun of BMW GSA 1200s because um apparently maybe they they do have a place to put all that shit but so yeah I, I took the freeways up there uh, straighter than the mountain pass which I took on the way back and it was just a slog and it was crap and if you're coming from uh san diego where he was coming from there would not have been a reason to cut over to the mountains and go up and after being on the freeway for that long anyway why waste your time cutting over just to get a little you know a few miles of twisties in right so it's a slog coming from that far south i could imagine just driving through uh la my friends left a day early practice was uh, friday and they left thursday i believe just to get not have to go through la on a friday i can't even get out of la on a friday traffic is so bad so that's the thing is that it's very smart i if you're gonna ever check it out and you're coming from somewhere south of uh, la and or you know you're gonna be having to come through that way i would either stay to the 15 which is still bad you know through um like the temecula area and everything until you get past you know and if there's something happening in vegas or it's a long weekend you're going to hit that traffic so yeah it's a i would leave thursday <laughs> like my friends did so yeah you get up here you get past la and all that stuff and it's fine it's actually turns into some pretty interesting once you get past like the grapevine and all that stuff it's really beautiful um like agricultural and vineyards uh, land up there. And there's actually a song, I forget the guy's name, it's the same guy that did CB Savage about a girl named Big Fanny that lives in the mountains north of L.A. and beats up cops and all this stuff, and she's really smelly. And uh, apparently there's supposed to be some signs on the trees up there that talk about her. And I didn't see any of that, but I did see the... Um, 
representation of her as a city, which is called Lancaster. Now, if you ever have the misfortune of traveling through Lancaster, I hope that it's you know just a straight blast through it, maybe a stop for gas, if even that. It's worse. If you're from San Diego, imagine like Chula Vista and El Cajon getting stirred together with like a little bit of Oceanside, like the bad parts of Oceanside, and thrown into like one city called Lancaster. And if you're from LA, imagine like South LA getting mixed in with like the bad parts of like Montebello and like weird, weird random parts of like San Bernardino. (laughs) I don't know. This is getting really obscure. If you're from Indiana, imagine just Fort Wayne. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about Fort Wayne. But, you know, it's just basically this big stinky armpit. And the whole town was designed like the streets feel like jail, jail cell names. And, I mean, it is a huge... Uh, there is a gigantic correctional facility out there, which kind of makes sense. I, I kind of started to wonder which came first, the prison or the town, because the town, you know, you got like cell block A, row one, row two. The towns are named like that. It's like road J A, road J B, road J C, Avenue A1, Avenue A2. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm driving down a cell block. And this whole city just feels like a prison that you never get out of once you move here. So, yeah, that's Lancaster for you. And... I'm sure if you live in a city named Lancaster in any other state, it's probably more beautiful than the Lancaster here in California. And not to bag on Lancaster, I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I just happen to see the places that, in my opinion, were extremely stinky. So I was, you know, bummed that I had to stop there to get food and everything. And I was thinking, why didn't I get food beforehand? But regardless, I had to load up with beer and and barbecue for the night and I went out made it just in time for race three I believe I missed the sidecars I did not see the sidecars race but let me tell you those guys were cruising around in the pits and they sound like freaking v8s you know what I mean those things are just like amazing to look at and to hear them run and you know you really start to see that it's less motorcycle and more like specialized three-wheeled f1 car there was also uh, Supermotos, which I did not really expect to be out there. But, yeah, they're in the road. You know, there's like a road racing class for them. A lot of them were set up a little bit lowered. Uh, not, you know, not just sliding the forks up to the triple tree, but they actually had like uh, sort of like a front suspension <clears throat> front suspension kit that dropped it down and made it more aero, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And then to see some of the other bikes there, I mean – it was just, it's so cool. If you love racing and you love being around like that atmosphere, even if you go to like your local drags and you walk through the pits and you just see, you know, people out there wrenching on their shit. It's the whole pits is, you know, there was, there's, it's similar to Glen Helen where you're not going to a NASCAR event where like you have to pay extra to go in the pits. When you park, you are the pits. Like wherever you park, if you have a bike on your truck, you unload it and go race. You know what I mean? Like it's literally so cool to be up close and personal with these guys right over at the horse thief mile and at the streets, they were doing car stuff. So in some of that video, you could hear like some crazy like burnouts and F1 sound and shit. And that was, um, up at the streets of Willow, I believe. And uh, they were 
it looked like they might have been at the Horse Thief Mile. That's up on the hill. It's a little bit like of a tighter, twistier road course. I think these guys were over at the streets that I could see. Um, you know, totally doing like drift stuff, I think. Not 100% sure, but there's also like a big skid pad out there. It's, it's like so cool just to be able to go out there and freely drive around and wander around this huge complex because, you know, you're you're out there and there's there's nothing else out there to do besides wander around and watch racing. I mean, what's better than that? And then, of course, if you brought your hibachi, you can fire up some dogs. There's like no rules. It's just like basically going to a racetrack with no rules and some bathrooms. So it's really cool, really nice. And there are garages there. There's private garages. So most of the guys that uh, I hung out with were pitted up out of their RVs or trailers or vans. And, you know, they had their easy ups popped up. And the thing about Willow Springs, it's notorious for being windy. And I knew there was going to be like sandstorms and tumbleweeds and all that shit. So I was kind of prepared for that. I didn't bring any sandbags to weight my stuff down with, but I was, you know, I had some stuff in the car with me, so I wasn't too worried about it. Some of the footage that you see that I took for the video is extremely shaky. And I even, I think I even posted on uh, a comment, you know, sorry for the shakiness. It was, you know, basically nothing but wind, but you're sitting on these really nice metal bleachers when i used to go to carlsbad the bleachers there were the original wooden bleachers from like the 1970s and some of them were falling through some of them you couldn't sit in um you know these things were like new they were newer they were robust they were still wood but they were nice wood on of nice metal frames and everything. So they were sturdy as the point I'm trying to make. And I was standing up there and when the wind would blow, it would hit those things and just traveling through just the wind flying across all the framework and this, and the, uh, scaffolding would set this like certain vibration and it would start to vibrate it like Nikolai Tesla couldn't have been more proud that like harmonic vibration was happening from like a natural phenomenon you know what I mean like it the wind would just hit this and set the whole thing to vibrate at a certain frequency and it would just make the whole bleacher shake like there was an earthquake and a couple times I like uh, they're kind of precarious toward the back where I was standing. So I had my foot down on this tube and, um, cause I was standing up like an idiot and yeah, the wind would catch me and push me back. And then the whole bleachers would vibrate. And I just, at one point I was afraid I was going to fall down and it's a good, like probably 12 foot drop from the top of those things. So yeah, uh, I was kind of dumb for standing on a pipe. There's no like netting or like a frame where you can't fall. You can, you can easily fall through there. I recommend not taking little kids up there. It's that type of place. So yeah, the, the footage that I got reflects that the fact that it's super windy out there and the wind is so strong that it makes the bleachers vibrate. Uh, that's an indicator of what you can be in for. So I imagine out on the track, sometimes in a bike, that you just you feel like hey did I lean over that far in that turn or you know the wind helped me so probably makes racing a little bit difficult sometimes and like I said the guys that are pitting with the easy ups and stuff they were dropping them down you know what I mean like they were just ready for that shit to fly some guys there was a swap meet I didn't catch the swap meet I didn't see where it was happening some guy said some guy pointed me toward it but I didn't see it so um I don't know where it went but um 
I don't know if they got uh, some of the people in the pits look like they just had like motorcycle frames strapped to you know the legs of their easy ups to keep them from flying away. So that's the benefit of going somewhere with the swap meet. You go and buy some you know fifty brake rotors and you st- strap you know five or ten of them to each corner of your uh, easy up to keep it from blowing away. That's a good idea. So especially out there, uh, you can get sandblasted and your shit will fly away. Now the night before. On um, Friday night, they told me that it was super windy. People were like losing tents, and easy, you know, easy ups were brought down almost to the ground. And you know, people were trying to just do whatever they could to keep it from blowing away. And you know, it it's just a big open plain out in the desert, and and we actually are having high winds right now. So it it must have just started like that weekend too. So people were getting sandblasted and. My tent was moving pretty good, even in the light wind. Um, so what I did is I pulled, I backed my car up in front of it to block the wind. And they're like, dude, this is nothing. Like last night, your tent would have been down the road. You know what I mean? Like it was that bad. If a wind would have got underneath my tent, it would have sent it airborne. So I had my spare tire from my car out. You know, the ground is just too hard out there to pound stuff into. So a lot of people made their tents in the back of their cars. So a lot of cool people had those pop-up ones on the top of their Jeeps. Those, I like those tents. Those are pretty cool. And, like, my friends brought their motor home, you know, little little motor coach sort of thing. A lot of dudes out of their vans. So it didn't really matter. They put the bike in the van. When they roll it out, then it becomes the bed. So, yeah, a lot of those guys were in metal tents, so to speak. So they had it figured out. There was this little grass vendor area where normally i guess like when there's a bigger race event there like probably a car race and stuff they uh you know nasa and um the scca at least they used to race there a lot i haven't been a member of those uh organizations for a few years now so i'm not 100 percent sure but they used to always go out there for stuff and like the 24 hours lemons and all that shit would go out there so there's like this little vendor marketplace where the vendors can line up and all this and that and it's uh some of the smarter people that had rode in on adv bikes had gone in there and there was a little grass area and you could stake your tent down and all that shit. Well, I was out in the pits, which is out in the hard dirt and on the parking lot. And uh, the dirt is so hard that I was trying to pound my... I just did a little test tap of my tent stake. Wouldn't, you know, could have bent a freaking rebar. So, yeah, I just went with the spare tire from my car, got a 24-pack of water and threw it in one corner of the tent. And my cooler on the other corner, and just uh, that held it down pretty good. So, yeah, there's plenty of stuff out there, though. If you ever go out there on a weekend to check something out, there, like I said, if you wanted to camp, it's super cool. Um, there's that grassy area. You can just pitch up anywhere where no, you know, as long as there's not a car there, you, it doesn't matter. You just throw your tent out, and, you know, you're literally not even 100 yards from the track, I'd say. God, a hundred feet from the track. You know what I mean? You're, it's literally like camping on pit lane nearly. And it's the same, it, it is, it's like the same road that goes down is what's down at the pits where the bikes stage up and roll out onto the track. So it's really, it's literally that close to racing. I don't think you can really get that at many other places. Um, like if you go to a NASCAR, I've gone to a couple, um, 
SCCA back when it was actually like big and televised in the United States. I used to go to the races and it was cool seeing like Brian Simo and Boris said out there and Toad Hall racing and all those guys that were like really big names. Um, all the Acuras and BMWs, you know what I mean? That were like, Oh my God, that's uh God, Pierre Kleinu being in all these famous racers. Like this is their stuff and walking through the pits, but you had to like pay extra for that. You know, you, you didn't even see the guys really walking around. You go to something like this, like you can walk up and lick the race bikes. I don't want to say which bike I may have licked, but there was some pretty sweet bikes there. Uh, speaking of which, I wanted to bring uh, bring up something on this episode. I forgot, totally forgot. We were going to talk about snow leopards. Have you ever seen that National Geographic documentary where they were trying to film a snow leopard? And I mean, snow leopards are so elusive, right? They live in the Himalayas. Uh, they blend in like their camouflage is immaculate. They blend in with the surroundings like you couldn't believe. You get six months to film and then you have to leave the country because your visa is bad. And you spend five months and three weeks just searching for this animal that hardly any of the locals see anymore, right? And then you throw out your, your uh, what do they call it, your little like motion sensor cameras, and you get one now and then. And so you know they're there, but you're like, dude, I want to get this. Like no one's ever got one hunting. No one's ever got one mating, whatever. And no one even knows where they live because we just get them on these trails, you know. So that's... Hunting down a racer is sort of like that. I've had trying to get my hooks into uh, my friends ever since the first stadium steeplechase that happened this year back in, I want to say that was like February. And actually, before February, I wanted to talk to my friend. She had uh, gone flat tracking. She's actually the one that probably got me wanting to do flat tracking because she did it on her dirt bike. And I uh, was like, oh, yeah, it was great. And then so I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And uh, I've wanted to go back, actually, and do it. I hope they do it again this year at the fair because I'll probably go do it. And she is like a you know road racer. She is a motocrosser. She's flat track. She's gone to, like, super camp. She's pretty amazing. I don't know. I can't think of. I She might have even raced bicycles at one time. But. Uh, her, her boyfriend too is also a pretty amazing road racer and, uh, motocrosser as well. Uh, hunting them down and I mean, it's easy to get, it's easy to find where they live. It's easy to find where they, <laughs> I'm not going to say where they mate and where they, uh, hunt, but where they, you know, I could find their where they're at because, you know, I was literally in the pits talking to them all night and we were hanging out with like a hundred thousand other people though, in a noisy environment that's not really conducive to recording. Right. And, you know, after the races that day, you don't want to get up in someone's face and like give them the dry ass questionnaire about, you know, how they're doing and this and that. And it's dark and you can't get pictures of the bike and whatnot. So, not to say there wasn't plenty of time to do all that stuff during the day, because I also did. But it also just didn't feel right. It was like infringing, you know what I mean? And uh, so they were helping their friends, 
and the like, you know what I mean? Uh, during between their races and whatnot. And, and so, yeah, it was just really weird, um, to try and, and I felt like that national geographic photographer that knows where the snow leopard is and knows where it's hiding, knows what it's doing, but just can't get it on film for the life of me. And then has six months, you know, he's staring down his whole, uh, investment, down to one week going, oh my God, if I don't do this, I'm going to bring nothing back to National Geographic and, you know, have to give my money back and yada, yada. So I feel a little bit like that. Did I get an interview from these guys this weekend? That's something that you're going to have to wait till a later episode to find out. So I guess it doesn't matter. Go ahead and shut this one off right now. So yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter if I got an interview from them or not for this week, does it? Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe I'll play you something after my little news break. Holy crap. Why didn't you tell me playing with the springs was so loud? I hope I didn't ruin the first part of my whole blabber there. I was playing with the springs on my um, new boom that I was saying I was going to get dampers for. I was trying to hold them still. I wasn't really. I was squeezing them because I have ADD, I think. I think I have adult ADD. I think it's affecting everything right now a little bit negatively. So what I'm going to do is focus on the news. (laughs) God damn. Anyway, so this week I found something on TechWeez. I've never heard of that either, so don't feel bad. The Samsung Galaxy J, I'm not 100% sure what, I'm not a J3, J9, J12. Anyway, they uh, introduced the S bike mode, which is basically when you enable it, a pre-recorded message will come on to let any callers know that you're riding a bicycle or a motorcycle or anything like that. And uh, they've had car mode on modern like smartphones before, which I didn't know. I don't think I have it on my new iPhone. And... Uh, I've never used it before. I didn't know that was what car mode was. So basically your whole car is like a rolling cell phone now. So I don't see what the big hubbub is. <laughs> so I guess this is for people that ride. It's it's only in India basically where it's rolling out. So I don't know if it's for people that ride without Bluetooth. Because even like all the smarty farty motorcyclists I know, if they don't ride with the earbud in, they have some fancy Bluetooth. So anyway, S mode will let people, if maybe you just don't want to be bothered, maybe that's who this is for is like the total, uh, like biker cruiser guy that a can't hear while he's on his bike anyway, but just wants to be left alone. And you, you activate this and yeah, a little pre-recorded message comes on and tells people, Hey, I'm out riding my motorcycle. So why don't you leave me a message while I'm doing something I enjoy loser, something like that. And then they're saying they don't know if it's going to be rolled out on other production, you know, into other markets right now. It's only in India. I don't know if it's testing there or if it's only going to be available there because they have a particularly unique market for stuff like that. Something else that I saw in the news on high snobiety, which if you if you read high snobiety, you are part of a club that I don't think I would be invited to be a member of. I saw that Mark Newson released the special edition G-Star 5620 Elwood biker jean. And 
I was reading the article and it said, oh yeah, man, the original biker jean that was released in like 1996 or something like that. And I was going, really? I've never heard of the Elwood, the G-Star. Let me read it again. The G-Star 5620 Elwood. And apparently it's been around 20 years ago. One of the guys that was a designer for G-Star, who I've also never heard of. If you said A-Star, I know you would meant Alpine Stars, right? But I have no idea who G-Star is. So the G-Star Elwood, uh, back in France 20-some-odd years ago, one of the z- designers for G-Star uh, had a motorcyclist go by him, and he saw that they were in denim jeans rather than tight leather jeans. And when I read that, I thought, dude, uh, did, are, did motorcyclists wear tight leather jeans? Like, that sounds like a Shania Twain act. Like, I don't... I didn't know you were supposed to wear tight leather jeans. So apparently uh, bikers wore tight leather jeans 20 years ago and not denim. So, yeah, he saw the person wearing denim. He went back and constructed the first uh, G-Star that kind of made made jeans out of like a 3D construction rather than like approaching it as a flat pattern, you know, like most clothes are, I guess. So... It had like a saddle patch, um, some heel guards, um, slanted thigh seams and knee patches, I guess, for flexibility and 3D shaping around the knee so that it was kind of pre-curved or something. And yeah, basically to celebrate 20 years of the G-Star 5620 Elwood, they're releasing another special edition uh, on the 20th of every month. So... In January, it says they they released the Moto Edition, which was based on an Enduro Motocross Elwood, or maybe it was called the Enduro Motocross Elwood. It's very vague, this this article. Um, that was based on some 60s Enduro racing clothes, which, god dang, in the 60s, I thought everybody just wore coveralls to the Enduro racing. I'm so bad at this history stuff when it comes to this designer guy. So the other one that they released uh, was something that was DJ Eva Shaw designed the ladies uh, apparel and Afrojack designed the men's apparel and Farrell apparently owns or co-owns G-Star so it kind of looked to me more like it was a fashion pants than rider pants to be honest Uh, especially based on the colors that they come in yeah and the people that are wearing them but I do see where they do have like yeah they have like a contoured knee and I guess they put extra denim and some sort of patching over the seams. I think it said they use like a hot sealed tape or something. Um, that sounds like a pretty good like 80s rock band, hot sealed tape. Um, yeah, so they use this weird tape. I can't find it in the article now. But anyway, it's for like high sports gear sort of stuff. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the Elwood 56. 56- G-Star 5620 Elwood biker jeans. Let me know. Like, that's something totally new to me. Is this because I'm not, like, a gear dude that I've never heard of these? Because I swear I've never even seen these on any motorcycle sites. So I just it had me questioning how much of a biker jean they were. Another thing I saw on the Express, which I believe is an is a English website, is... 
in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia, some dudes that were pulling wheelies in their underwear got arrested after one of their videos, after a 29-second video went viral. And then it, I saw some stills, and I think I watched some of the video. And it's literally, dude, motorcycles, misfits, naked ride. Like, these guys would have had their heads and penises chopped off had they done a naked ride, I'm sure. So... Be thankful for the freedoms that we do have, that you don't have to wear a helmet and you can ride a little kid on the back of your bike and (laughs) that when you pop wheelies, you don't get thrown in the slammer, at least not yet. You do get a firm talking to um, a ticket, probably arrested if you did, you know, committed more reckless driving crimes and we're doing high rates of speed but if you just pop one wheelie and get caught right now it's a ticket in saudi arabia it's probably like a they got arrested so when they get charged it's probably going to be like flogging with a mace or something like that so yeah don't do wheelies in your underwear in saudi arabia but in florida keep it up guys good work (laughs) so Uh, Something else I saw in the Journal Gazette, which I believe is out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, A person was killed, found dead, uh, after a Harley-Davidson failed to navigate a turn. This happened on Fremont Road in Steuben County. I hope I'm saying that right. It's probably Steuben. Um, The rescuers found the body in the field next to the bike and basically the rider had like not and it said the driver i love you could tell when people don't ride they they ride the driver of the bike um just didn't make the turn hit a tree head on and died from blunt force trauma and it said that the person was not wearing a helmet now it didn't say if it was a girl or a guy i guarantee it was probably it could have been a girl like nowadays, girls on Harleys not wearing gear is pretty much like the hottest thing. If you look on Instagram and Tumblr, like what's popping up? Girls with tats riding their Harleys in their bikinis. I swear to God. It's like Instagram fame. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a chick and that's why they wanted to put a person because we all know that men are hardly people. <laughs> so, anyway, I like the fact that they put the last line was the person was not wearing a helmet. <laughs> uh, die. I think they would have not died from blunt force trauma had they had a helmet on. But also I like the fact that they stated that it was a 1990 Harley. So it's like, get out there and get the VIN, see what year this baby is and then check for the head. So that's that. And then at autoevolution.com, I saw a couple Canadian PSAs that were targeting writers, and they were in French, so I didn't understand what they were saying. But uh, that's what the article did for me. It kind of paraphrased it down below. That said, uh, it shows a woman walking out to her bike, which I thought was really classy. She, uh, right as she's about to get on it, she her she flips her uh, helmet down, and her boyfriend's there, and he's like, "Hey, babe, you look totally sweet. I think I want to get married, man. Let's do this. Let's make this thing last forever." And that's I'm just making that up. I don't know what he said. I don't speak French, but anyway, yeah. So it's just like as you look down and you see your lover's face in your helmet, telling you they want to spend the rest of your life with you. Whoosh, then she puts her helmet on, and it's like, you know. And then the next one is a guy with his kid and stuff like that. His little kid's face appears in his hat, in his hat, in his riding hat. <laughs> and the little kid in the riding hat says, you know, Dad, 
I can't wait till you get home tonight to see you. So it's like, yeah, just think about it before you get on your bike. I guess that's what the the statement they're trying to make. And basically, I think it's, I think they're saying don't get offended because you know we, they know riders aren't uh, the sole cause behind a lot of crashes. But what they're saying is that this is part of a broader thing to say, hey, riders, you know, just think about it before you leave, before you go either do something stupid or drive without thinking, um, you know, take into consideration who's waiting for you on the other end of this ride and stay calm and mind the gap and all that good stuff. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool that they're not like being judgy or anything like that. Here's a late drop to this news segment. Um, One of our listeners writes in, uh, while out cleaning my shop the other day, I was putting away three months of tools from a motorcycle cram session, and I noticed how many custom, homemade, eye-removing, blood-blister-making tools I've made over the years. I'd enjoy seeing the kinds of unsafe toolage others have whittled out with complete disregard to their insurance policies. Uh, I, too, make tools. If I don't have it, I make it. So uh, I'm sure I have a few, but go ahead, post them up to our Facebook page. Um, any, any, uh, anything you want to share there, please go ahead and do it. That'd be kind of cool to see what you guys have made um, out of necessity. All right, and the last piece of news for this week's segment is going to come to us from the Sea Otter Classic. And it's a bike from Specialized Creative Director Robert Egger. And if you don't know who Specialized is, they make road or mountain bikes. And I love all things two-wheeled, and I love mountain biking. It kind of keeps me in the groove from motorcycling and whatnot. And I saw a bike that he made i've ne- i've never heard of the sea otter classic to be honest but uh he, there's a scrambler based bike that he made that looks a lot like an old trials bike and it's super bitchin it uh i'll post up a link to it on the facebook page but um i know it's not a motorcycle but it is an e-bike so it is motorized you know somewhat so yeah no it's it's pretty awesome looking i think so i'll post it up there and you let me know what you think i think from the bicycle crowd it got mixed reviews but i think anybody that had an old scrambler like a real scrambler back in the day would be pretty stoked on this thing hell it's got disc brakes so most scramblers that uh, i've ridden from back in the day didn't even have that they had drum brakes so yeah i'm gonna post this up and and let me know what you think all right so that is my little new schmooze for this week and i'm ready to get back to the rest of this episode Hmm. or am i I kind of like that smooth jazz, and I kind of feel like I didn't give you enough of a break between me talking just now and me talking right now, so I even get annoyed with my own voice sometimes. So I know I haven't been doing movie reviews for the past couple weeks. Um, actually, I can't remember when the last movie review I did. I couldn't, I couldn't take anymore. I've blocked them out of my memory permanently. However, lo and behold, when I get to Willow Springs and we're all partying the pits after the races, who, what do I find but a giant projection TV and a movie screen and somebody has brought along Hell's Bloody Devils <laughs> or Hell's Bloody Angels. I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but dude, that movie was like took the cake on some of the shit that I reviewed. I'm going to have to actually do a formal review of it. So I thought maybe 
Uh, we've only got, you know, 12, 15 minutes left of the show. Maybe I could give you a little preview of what it's like to hang out in the pits with like 150 of your best friends drinking beer and watching a fucked up movie. So let's do that. All right. So as you're listening to this, I apologize for the wind noises and the like shuffling noise. It was the um, the mic picks up every single thing, every movement I do, and it was still pretty windy. I was trying to muffle it with my shirt. Plus, this is your chance to just hang out like a fly on the wall in the pits with the rest of us while we watch a shitty movie. Hey, that's how Rakatansky got shot. <laughs> Exactly like that. It was just yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Did the guy wink at him too? He's like, he winked at me. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, he got your hand on the Ravens. Yeah, left him to walk for miles in just his underwear. Right, right. No, that shit's scary. From you know, he's still racist. He's owner of a race team now. Well, yeah, JCR. I think that's what Caselli was racing, right? Was running. For him? Yeah. It might have been. Yeah. The fast Hondas are all JCRs. Yeah. Honda factory Honda pulled out of it actually a couple of years ago. So he runs a backdoor race program. Right. And now he's doing like um, desert racing too. Well, his team is. Dude, this is a nice uh, animated titties. Actually, I should show this to Scott too. I appreciate it. I got a new race license this year. 
desert racing, they, they'd set up courses on the desert. Okay. They're like 30 mile loops. Okay. And I'm a novice, so I have to do, I have to finish uh, two loops. The pros do four, but it's gnarly. And that's not technically like hare and hound or something? No? It's similar, but different. Yeah. Similar, but different. That's another, that's AMA sanctioned as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, those are more technical. This is more just wide open desert racing. Yeah, yeah. You know? is, and there's a set course that you already know about? They mark it? No. Yeah. Okay, so they mark, like dudes go out in advance, put arrows. Like, yeah, okay. okay. Go that way, go that way, go that way. And then you have checkpoints you have to check in with. So you ride. Hopefully five hit. miles yeah. and then you see a dude and it's like okay I gotta go to that dude and you have a card hand the dude the card fucking stamps it and you keep riding and check the box yeah, and yeah. then they also have a clipboard where they mark like you came through so you can't skip any Yeah. and the courses you can't pre-run them you've never seen them before right. they're all we got a course here go ahead later dude you follow yeah. Yeah. you know and that's it. That's gnarly. Like I told my motocross friends about it, because Carrie and I have ridden a desert a bunch, you know. And I'm pretty pretty okay at it, you know. And um, so I told a couple of my motocross buddies, like, yeah, I'm gonna go desert race, and they're like, you're crazy. All right, do you have enough beer? It's crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. If you want more, there's more in our cooler. I'm like waiting for like some little monkey child yeah, to come out of the woodwork, you know? <laughs> so if you who brought the rear projection to me? So when can we use two people over here? Yeah. 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 No rear protection DVDs to be left in the track. <laughs> you must remove your television. No duty movies. This is a biker sport. PG 17 only. Yeah, biker. Haley Mills showing her breast is not acceptable. I know, it's killer, huh? Oh, dude. This is like, you want to cover this part of the window when you're sleeping and it's really bright. So you both are going to Sonoma? Damn, that butler's classy. Well, no, we're not going to Sonoma, no. but now we're talking about going to Alabama, actually. Because <laughs> we have somebody offering to pay for it. <laughs> 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 they're going to get back. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But they're going like, to rent a motorhome and they want us to like, get out there. for you? Yeah. Get out there? Nice. It's a long fucking drive. Yeah, they want really. Actually, no, actually, we would fly there, actually. We would just actually, that would be the facilities, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. I know, seriously. I've driven twice now. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, how long does it take? Like 20 something. Two and a half days in the car. Yeah. Two and a half painful days. In a van. Last time exactly. I did it, I had six bikes in my van and by myself. Because everybody else had to work. I was yeah. like, fuck it, I'm out of here. It's, it's a weird time of the year, right? It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, any time's weird to be in a car for filmmaker men from back in the, in the, in the yeah. 70s that actually had all the big breasted chicks? Not that I see any here. You know what I'm saying, actually? <laughs> uh, sure. I like the little. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like I'm in the middle of who? who? 
like a Russ Myers. Yeah, there you go, Russ Myers, man. He's Faster here. pussy can't kill yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it has that vibe, man. Right this is one of the dudes that inspired me to go to road racing. Oh, really? I'm like, if this dumbass could do it, I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the dumbest of the asses, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. Him and his, his buddy Jason. Hey, what happened to them? They were like, no, dude, you can go do it. You have a CB200, go race. Yeah. And I didn't stop. Nice. Yeah, hell, I drive through LA traffic. I can so probably navigate a race. Race is way easier than traffic. <laughs> right. Nothing else kill you. Nothing else can Uber or Lyft. Yeah, literally. Traffic will kill you. Yeah, man. The more you drive the traffic, the less you want to drive the street. That's I was just talking to Carrie about earlier. Hardly ever. No, I was just telling Carrie. Every road racer, like every pro road racer, doesn't ride their bike on the street. And Roger Lee Hayden was just out here for like Sears Point or you know Laguna Seca or something. And he was, I was telling you earlier, he was like, holy shit! Like we were on the street, we were cutting lanes. Like shit was crazy, you know. Just too many variables, man. Yeah. Remember last year, one of the top up-and-coming AMA road racers went home to his hometown in fucking Oklahoma or something. Dane Westby. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Dad on his Honda Hawk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was leaving his mom's. Look at There's a nice bike. Yeah. He was. Chuck's is bad to the fucking. He went to dinner at his mom's house and he was headed home and yeah. something happened and he hit a pole or something. Yeah. <laughs> Whether somebody pulled out and he just fucking veered and the guy just took off and you know didn't you know stop the help. Who knows? Man. But yeah, it's just it's not, you don't know. Man. Exactly, exactly. Everybody's going the same direction, you know. Well, and, and like, somebody can technically. Yeah, we're Come around it. You do a three sixty. I mean, well, I mean you know, a little oil in the chat. You know, who knows, man? Whatever. But, so it's like a. Uh, it's a. Uh, somebody, somebody be said for Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You think about coming back to South Carolina? Yeah, because I like going fast. I would love but, to. I don't. I think he. You know, there's a time and a place. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. This is the place. I don't fuck around on the. I don't fuck around in, on the street anymore. Like I barely fuck around on the twisties when I know nobody's gonna be there because the same thing. There's that one time where the car is gonna be coming around the fucking corner. Yeah, man, you too. Uh, hey, Good nice luck tomorrow. Yeah. Nice meeting you, Carrie. Right. What race Carrie, are you tomorrow? Carrie, I'm going to go to bed. How many carries are there here? Too many. Yeah. I'm better All right. looking than that one. All right, I'm going to go. You guys hang out. I'm going to go. No, I'm good too. I'm, I'm tired. Tired. So you're hanging out by the fire, dude. I'm going to hang out by the fire till I'm... Till uh, yeah, till after the... Oh, look, boobies. Damn it. Yeah, what is it, the 70s? Who are you? Who is it? Where's your deadline? I promised my wife I wouldn't look at other boobies. Well, I, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. Didn't say nothing about the big screen. <laughs> I got a feeling we're going to see some more. That was said. just a teaser. <laughs> Intense on the movies. There's Nazis and there's the FBI and there's bikers and there's mafia and there's some counterfeit money. That's all That's mafia. That's a mafia. Mafia. What's up with all the what's up with all the blue clothes? Dude, right? What is that? I don't know. Blue is 
showed up good on film, I guess. Yeah, that dresser's probably like green or something. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're gonna see the towel drop pretty quick here. <laughs> gross. Maddie, you're grossing me out. Stop talking. Hey, girl, now we're talking. It's in the script. Oh, come on. You are an Oh, that music always plays. I'm like, son, quit playing the fucking tuba in the next room. Oh, at least take off your shirt, bro. <laughs> Why didn't we send the Why didn't we send the mafia into Germany? Dude, that's a real shit too. Oh, parquet floor. <laughs> what type of desk is that? That's Victorian. Right man, there. you know your architecture, man. I'm impressed. <laughs> Oh, and they got the, the shelving, the 70s shelving back there. That shit's worth money now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, Grandma, can I have all your stuff? <laughs> it's like worth something right now. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to save that green shag carpet, would you? <laughs> Oh my gosh! What the hell? What is going on? They could only afford stock footage, so they just had to like piece this movie together and make a make a plot around stock footage. Okay, they're watching a movie. They're getting inspired. We're watching them watch a movie. Oh fuck! Mind blown. <laughs> Some <laughs> Somebody's watching us. Watch them watching uh, These are the Nazi conspirators right here. She doesn't look she's pleased. Got, dude, she's got disco balls for earrings. <laughs> uh, what the hell? Hey, you guys, they tricked us into watching Nazi <laughs> paraphernalia. This is fucked up, you guys. Propaganda movie right here. They're tricking us, they're tricking us. The disco balls are mesmerized. They're showing it. It's funny to see, it's funny to see Zorro standing in front of a Nazi flag. Well, it's an hour and two minutes. I think that's the perfect sign-off line. I think that's going to be... My <laughs> I think that's going to be my uh, sign-off from now on. I've never seen Zorro in front of a Nazi flag. <laughs> That's terrible. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed listening to 20 minutes or so. It probably felt like an hour of hanging out in the pits. Uh, I cropped some of it out for time. It was just a lot of wind noise as well. So anyway, keep, 
keep your bottle above the throttle. Dude, oh, God, I have I have them written down somewhere. Why am I making up stupid ones? Anyway, check us out, creative-writing.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash creative writing podcast. Please uh, leave us a review on iTunes or the Google Store. I hope this isn't the first episode you're listening to if you just found us on the Google Store. Stay tuned. So it wasn't an interview. That was some clickbait bullshit I pulled there in the beginning, but I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes, Snitcher, uh in the Google Play Store. I don't know how that works yet. All that great stuff. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have some interviews coming up pretty soon. I promise. It was just fun to get out there and sniff some race gas and watch some racing and be like up close and personal. So close, in fact, that you can lick a bike. And I won't tell you which bike I licked. But uh, look, I'm not going to stick up all the photos right now because it will ruin some of the stuff that uh, I'm... I want to talk about with with my uh, friends that I met out there, but yeah, I will put up photos as soon as I can. Right now, that little video will have to will have to uh, suffice, and the couple pictures that I put up here and there on our Tumblr account and whatnot. So yeah, until next time. God, let me let me pause to get one. Until next time, I hope your bike's exhaust is louder than yours. Peace. Creative Writing, we'd like to say sorry to Willow Springs International Raceway. Anybody named Saunder? Anybody named Carrie? Vintage Racing, Bike Exploitation Films. A big and arduous apology to the city of Lancaster. And most of all, stock us for squares. I know. They fell in the sewer, man. Can you believe that? What a fucking bad. And think pause this and come back to you when i'm mentally capable i'm down oh yeah that's right i'm a member i'm a member of (laughs) dude that was stretch holy shit that has to be a song i'm a member i'm a member of i'm a member of i'm a member of